Chapter one, take two, two. Marker. Best to say, we weren't a true literary society at first. Apart from Elizabeth, Mrs. Margery, and perhaps Booker, most of us hadn't had much to do with books since school. We took them from Mrs. Margery's shelves, fearful we'd spoil the fine paper. I had no zest for such matters in those days. It was only by fixing my mind on the commandment in jail that I could make myself lift the cover of the book and begin. It was called... Selections from Shakespeare. Later, I came to see that Mr. Dickens and Mr. Wordsworth were thinking of men like me when they wrote their words. But most of all, I believe that William Shakespeare was. Mind you, I cannot always make sense of what he says, but it will come. It seems to me the less he said, the more beauty he made. Do you know what sentence of his I admire the most? It is... The bright day is done, and we are for the dark. I wish I'd known those words on the day I watched those German troops land, plane load after plane load of them, and come off ships down in the harbour. All I could think of was damn them, damn them over and over again. If I could have thought those words, the bright day is done, and we are for the dark, I'd have been consoled, somehow, and ready to go out and contend with circumstance, instead of my heart sinking into my shoes. They came here on Sunday the 30th of June, 1940, after bombing us two days before. They said they hadn't meant to bomb us. They mistook our tomato lorries on the pier for army trucks. How they came to think that strains... that... How they came to think that strains the mind... They bombed us, killing some thirty men, women and children. One among them was my cousin's boy. He had sheltered underneath his lorry when he first saw the planes dropping bombs and it exploded and caught fire. They killed men in their lifeboats at sea. They strafed the Red Cross ambulances carrying our wounded. When no one shot back at them, they saw the British had left us undefended. They had flew in peaceably two days later and occupied us for five years. At first, they were as nice as could be. They were that full of themselves for conquering a bit of England and they were thick enough to think it would just be a hop and a skip till they landed in London. When they found out that wasn't to be, they turned back to their natural meanness. They had rules for everything. Do this, don't do that. But they kept changing their minds, trying to seem friendly, like they were poking a carrot in front of a donkey's nose. But we weren't donkeys, so they'd get harsh again. For instance, they were always changing curfew, eight at night, or nine, or five in the evening if they felt really mean-minded. You couldn't visit your friends or even tend your stock. We started out hopeful, sure they'd be gone in six months, but it stretched on and on. Food grew hard to come by, and soon there was no firewood left. Days were grey with hard work and evenings were black with boredom. Everyone was sickly from so little nourishment and bleak from wondering if it would ever end. We clung to books and to our friends. They reminded us that we had another part to us. Elizabeth used to say a poem. I don't remember all of it, but it began. It is so small a thing to have enjoyed the sun, to have lived light in the spring, to have loved, to have thought. To have done, to have advanced true friends. 
It isn't. I hope wherever she is, she has that in her mind. Hey everyone, welcome to Chapter 1, Take 2, the podcast where we read the book, watch the film, and discuss the adaptation. My name is Maddie. My name is Brianna, and I didn't like this book. Okay, to tell you what this book was, this week we covered the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. One might almost believe the war is really over. Is it hard being a writer? Well, my first book sold only how many copies? 28. Worldwide. (laughs) I mean, it was fine. It was average. Below average. It was boring. But, okay, we're going to get into it. That's the entire point. Um, Written in 2008, originally, by Mary Ann Schaefer and Annie Burroughs. Yeah. Barrows? Yeah. Barrows. Most of the book, I think, was written by Marianne Schaffer. Or Schaefer. Schaefer. Um, Schaefer? She was a librarian, and her friends encouraged her to write the book, I guess. And mm. then she got sick, and her niece helped her finish it. And then it was published posthumously. So were you saying you didn't like the book, or you didn't like the movie? I didn't like the book. Okay. You preferred the movie. Is that what you're saying? Are we just going to do this five-minute episode? Give us... what? Okay, so you wrote, you read that section. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't read the novel, it is a collection of letters and telegrams. It's and an epistolary novel. Epistolary, that is a word I can promise you I've never heard before this evening. Great. And I probably will not hear it again because I've never... You re- will. I, I will? Yeah. Okay, lovely. So, why did you read that part of the book? Uh, I guess it just, it talks about the purpose of the society. Like, it was just like friends and like connection and stuff. But also I think it, it shows what I think is problem with, uh, problematic with the book is that everybody is already so wise Oh, yes. And everybody has already, like, really understood the purpose of reading and really loves books and understands why books have a value in society and also really understands the nature of the wartime and getting back to it and has grieved properly and has no lingering emotion about it. You don't like that it's just like an homage to books and the communities that books can build. But it's not that. None of the characters change in the whole book, mm. nobody grows, nobody changes. Yep. Everybody deals with everything in a really reasonable way. Did you want more erratic behavior? Do you not think that that's realistic, considering the trauma that they've gone through in the war? Don't no, you? I don't think that's realistic. People committed suicide. People killed their babies because they were concerned about them starving to death in the war and didn't want them to suffer. But, they, but there was the dad who drowned the cat. And, you know, that's sad. Sure. Yeah. What? A, okay. All right. Well, interesting. Okay. So this is part of our season of female-led literature and film, mm. which is season two for chapter one, take two. Um, it stars Lily James in the film, mm. playing Juliet Ashton, who is the main writer. Um, I would have respected this so much more if... The the one character, Adelaide Addison, 
who does the only character to not like Juliet. Mm, the religious one. Yeah. In yeah. like the whole book. Yep. Um, what do you want her to do? Did you want her to do something? Uh, well, I just wanted her to have more of an effect on Juliet. But she doesn't. But like she was Juliet. wrong. Yeah, 100%. But Juliet is a feminist in 1940s. And absolutely no part of her life seems to be affected by the fact that she's a feminist. She has no trouble getting published. She has no trouble getting her, money. She has no problems getting money. Mm. She has no problems living alone. No problems with romance. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, okay. So the book and the film, straight off the bat, are very different. They, they could be not related. I wouldn't go so far as to say that. Well, it's fine. We can debate that later. Do you want I to think s- the book, or I think the film tried to improve upon where the book failed, which was okay. to create interesting characters and, it, and some sort of conflict. Even, even the one bit of conflict that's actually produced, the two bits of conflict that are actually produced, which is they thought that Dozzy might not be in love with Juliet. Yes. Um, is quickly... Is it quickly resolved? I would, it's I, like the last seventh of the book. The last... The last... Seventh well, of the book. Well, if Just think about that. If One of the only bits of conflict. <laughs> it was like the last seven, not even 20% of the book. Maybe it's like the last two sevenths of the book. Because oh, you listen, oh, if you have the audio book the way that we did, it was like in seven sections. And so the last two sections, Juliet's like, oh, I'm in love with Dorsey, but is he in love with... But as a reader, do you ever think for a second that he could not be in love with her? No, 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 not at all. This, that's not, what, what's, there's no real conflict. And the other what's your, conflict, yeah, sorry, yeah, tell which us. is the part about um, the letters, which is kept from the movie. Oh, yes. And the Oscar Wilde Oscar letters. Oscar Wilde letters, Like, yes. nothing happens. They catch her just in time and everybody's super heroic yeah it's really it's kind of what i imagine like the when my grandmother tells stories this is kind of the way like obviously it's because she's not putting in all the gory details but Mm. it's what it's what people think of or feel when they talk about the good old days even though the good old days weren't real yeah this is a completely unrealistic expectation of how people coped in wartime yeah i'll give a quick summary because you Nobody has PTSD. Yeah, you give very detailed summaries. No, that one guy does. He has, like, um, the guy who pretends to be a duke or something, and he gets sent to the camps, and he gets caught, and then he comes back and he's like, I don't like to talk about it much, because it makes me want to be sick. You know? Okay. He's got PTSD. One guy... From the war. All right. So the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society novel, mm. um, like we said, is written all in letters to and from people. Um, we follow Juliet, who is an author and writer who um, was writing under a, under a synonym. Is it a synonym? Did I just use the wrong word? It's it's definitely not a synonym. A pseudonym. Pseudonym. I knew it was a sedida. Like... Do you know? That's how my brain works. It's like very much the gist of things. Yeah, I didn't realize Izzy, Izzy, Izzy. Birkenstock, Bicken, Bickenstaff, yeah. bumper sticker. <laughs> you didn't realize what? That he was a guy. Yeah, neither did I. Yeah. But in the movie. But I mean. That's kind of. That's let's be like, let's be true T-real right now. Okay. True T-real. True T-real. I listened to this book predominantly while I was driving to and from my placement, and I was not 100% focused. I would say I was like 35% focused on this book and 65% focused on not driving off the road. 
Okay. So maybe it was explicit and I just missed it. No, I listened to it under pretty relaxed circumstances and I thought it was a woman until the film. Maybe we're just sexist. Well, it's I think it's the it's before, like you were saying about her feminist struggle, it's like the only nod to her needing to use a male cover. I can I can summarize this. Okay. No, I wanna summarize it. Well, I feel like you're going to do a sassy summary. Yeah. So give me a sassy summary then. Okay, so there's this author. Her name is Juliet. Her she's is, real pretty. She's, she's perfect Everyone, in every way. She's like she's 32. Super cool yes, super cool. Um, she's super self-confident, knows and, who she is as a person, but she doesn't know and it's like, <gasps> who, what she's going to write her next book about. It's the 1940s, 1946. And then, oh my God, right? So oh like, she gets this letter from this random guy named Dorsey. Dorsey Adams. Dorsey Adams. And Dorsey's like, yo, um, your Yo. address, Yo, Juliet, super dangerous, is in the inside cover of my book that I bought from a secondhand store. Or I got from a secondhand store or something, and I super love it. Do you know of the address of the bookstore? And then, like in the nicest way possible, Juliet's like, "Oh my God! Not only do I know where you can get other copies of this guy's books, but I'm gonna send some to you, and I'll also send some of my own books because I'm an author. And now we're gonna start up a friendship. And oh, by the way, he's got a literary potato peel pile." society um that he's part of and she just happens to need a subject for an article about the love of literature and he just happens to be part of a society where literature was the main focus on helping them get through the war boom they marry up all their friends start writing back and forth nobody's at least the least bit shy whatsoever of giving their most intimate details of wartime to this random stranger they've never met everybody's super chill she gets two letters from a stuck-up bitch and then um she starts dating this other guy and, you know, then they break up and then she marries Mark. another guy at the end. That's the whole story. That's the whole story. Okay. Oh, also, one of the friends, the one who started this society named Elizabeth, she gets sent to a concentration camp and dies. And that's the saddest part of the whole book. Yeah, it's the saddest part of the whole book. Okay. Okay. A few points. Right. So, But you're... it's fine because everybody decided they were going to look after Kit, Elizabeth's daughter, in the most loving way possible. And yeah. she gets adopted into a new perfect family. So yeah. it's like the war never happened. A new nuclear family. Perfect. So... We seem, excuse me, a bit cynical about this book and the movie, but we read lots of reviews with people being like, oh my god, it's the best, I've read it like three times, I will never read this book again. But we (laughs) have read, um, you have read and recommended to me, and then I read Life After Life by Kate Atkinson, which we both absolutely fucking loved, and then um, read A God in Ruins. Mm -hmm. Are we not mainstream enough like why do you think other people like what do you think are are people just wanting this kind of happy basic story or like what do you think it is about it that for us we were like but other people are like yeah please more Uh." like tell me like you know why are we disconnected from that i think that escapism is legitimate legitimate i yeah, I do. I think, you know, I mean, when I'm watching the Transform- Transformers or something, I just want like a... <laughs> That's where you go! Like from the Gu- from Guernsey, the coast, the island of Guernsey, you go to Transformers. I'm just saying they're basically the same thing. <laughs> same movie. Okay. 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 Um, same movie. Like, Bumblebee and Guernsey, same movie to me. They're both just like, ooh, I feel good now. That's it. I think one of the reviewers, like, it had the poster of Guernsey and, like, 
um, Lily James is on the front looking just real pretty. She's just a real pretty lady. And um, Actually, 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 sorry. Do you know what this movie is? It's not Transformers? It's not Transformers. What is it? It's The Blind Side. <laughs> uh, this is World War Two meets The Blind Side. Doesn't Blind Side have more of a, um, a white savior issue that this book doesn't have? Of course, but that's because there are no people of color in I the was gonna, whole film. I, this this is story. like the superest white British film. But it's okay film. because a gay character is made gay at the end. Yeah. And there is no gayness about him other no. than the fact that they basically, it seems like they made him gay just to justify why he's not in love with Juliet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And why they have such a great friendship. Yeah. And also probably justify how a woman can so easily get published and have all these things paid for. Absolutely. In the 1940s when it was so easy for women to get published. That's why J.K. Rowling, may she rest in peace, um, <laughs> is... Um, didn't had to got got to publish under her feminine name. Uh just kidding. No, it was one of the greatest book series of all time. Like, are you kidding? Fuck. What an attractive face you're making right now. I know. You can still get to sleep with me later. It's great. <laughs> Lucky me. Do you know what? I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't. Do this. What do you mean? What's wrong? I can't. Do this. What do you want? Where are you going? Wait. Just, just wait. Just wait. She's, listeners, she's going to the kitchen. What is she doing? She's getting a... She's getting a... Oh, she's getting some wine out. I feel like... Alright, that's a valid thing to do. I don't want any. I don't really like wine. It's not really my jam. But I, I did buy this bottle for Brie. She said, ooh, so fancy. $14 wine just for me. Oh, and $14 it's, wine for the birthday girl. What? Um, yes, it was Brie's birthday recently. Um, who's the guy? What's the guy's name on it? That I was like, hey, he's good. Graham. Graham Norton, yeah. I was like, hey, he's gay. I'm sure he's good at recommending wine. Is he? Well, yeah. Should he, I know that? He, he hosts that, um, a talk show. I'm not a very good It doesn't matter. So. It doesn't matter. Okay, so, you got your wine? Oh, I thought he was like a celebrity chef. No, no, no. But no. yeah, no, 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 I don't know what you're talking Yeah, okay. I'll do, thank you for the summary. Thank you for the, it's actually very accurate. So, I'll just go into my facts, right? I know, we're going to alienate all of the people. Like, all of the, like, our target audience by saying we don't like this book. Is it our target audience? I don't know. I don't think that it is. Why did you pick this book to cover? Obviously, you didn't know, but like you just were like female lead, female written, good to yeah, go. Yeah, um, because I, you know, last I'm week I'm like regretting picking it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, why did I pick this book? It was something like it was really popularly recommended. Yes, we we read that. <laughs> you know, um, and pe- like a lot of people, it just seemed like something that was always in the peripheral, like peripheral. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and I love a good historical. Like we loved Life After Life. Yeah, I love Life We Cannot I, See. I literally we bought the, the book. book we like historical fiction as a genre. Yeah. I mean, Life After Life. Is... I gave the book to my colleague, and she just finished reading it, but she really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. We, we what we should do because because I was reading reviews on Goodreads of this book, and I was like, gosh, I just didn't connect with um, Guernsey the way that all these people did. Guernsey. And then so I was like, I wonder how people feel about Life After Life. So I went over to Life After Life, and it has a lower score than Guernsey. I have no idea. How that's possible. I love that you're just calling it Guernsey now. Is Guernsey it's, a real place? Yes. Mm. And it's based on somewhat real events. Oh, that's interesting. And, and sad. Like super real events, but like yeah, yeah, vaguely yeah. real events. Um. Sorry. Facts like 30 people got died. That's 
got dyed. Yeah. <laughs> you have an English degree. I haven't even had a sip of my wine yet. <laughs> 30 people got dyed. That, yeah. That's like an accurate figure. Yeah. Um, there's a bar of chocolate. Where does that chocolate come from? I um, had it at work yesterday. I needed to, it was um, buy this chocolate bar and support um, a cat, oh. a cat-like sanctuary. $2.50. That's really nice. Have some. No, your birthday cake is making me really farty, so. Um, what was my point? Um, you. Oh, okay, so, right. Yeah. So, I was like, oh, all these people are, like, just gushing over Goonzies. And I went over to Life After Life, people were like, it's so, I don't understand why people like this book. It's so dark and bleak, like World War Two was. Mm, don't want to think about that. And then, this one lady who was like, this is my favorite book. It's on my favorite bookshelf books. Guernsey her review is of not Guernsey. Life After, yeah. Um, but, like, she had also reviewed Life After Life and was like, oh, it's so bleak. I just don't understand. And I was like, hmm. It's, you know, this is a thing. Like, th- these are our people. And she's not our people. Well, that's what I was... That's Because you were just saying, we, uh, we're not alienating our people. Because for, for us, we always talk about why things shouldn't shy away from the darkness or reality, right? Absolutely. That's what we... I would say that's, that's the main theme of our podcast. Yeah. Like, tell the truth. Yeah. Life sometimes is horrific. And that's what I liked about Life After Life. Like, all the characters... It can be... It was so it was violent. super dark. Like, when she was raped. They weren't all I wasn't. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. I was like, fuck, that came out of nowhere. And I'm now, I'm like, real upset. But that happens. I guess I was and wasn't expecting it. Like, I was in that part of my life where I was like, oh, yeah, there is... I was like, I was 18, I was 20, I was 20 years old when I started reading this book. And I was like, in that part of my life where I was like, oh, there's, there's actually quite a bit of darkness in the world. And I was reading these books and I'm like, oh, I'm reading dark books and literature that haven't been assigned to me. And I'm so cultured. Are you feeling quite theatrical tonight, dear? Well, I, <laughs> well, I just have to make myself more entertained than I am. Mm. By this book and film. I'm sure we're also energized because Bree's been away for the past three weeks and we've been reunited. And so now we're just... Reunited. And it feels so good. I actually really like this dynamic. Bree and I, we constantly are trying new ways where we to find like a comfy way to sit and record. And I quite like this. Like mm. looking at you and talking to you with the mic in the middle. It's very natural. Yes. And also the wine. Oh, great. The wine. So can I do my facts? The wine. Yes. Yes? Yeah. Thank you. Originally, you're so silly. You always do that. <sighs> do the thing, and I'll keep whispering the thing under the tone. That's your thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Originally published in 2008. Okay, now she's just being all sensual and silly. Great. By Mary Ann Schaefer and Annie Burrows, or Barrows, or Schaefer, or Schaffer. Anyway. Schaffer buried the burrows. A historical novel Mm. set in Guernsey, Mm. an island Mm. off the British coast Mm. of England. The British Channel Islands. That's right. Thank you. I knew there was a channel word in there somewhere. Mm. Um, Film. Yeah. Released in 2018. There was something in the story about taxes, but I didn't get it. Carry on. Sorry. You and Americans obsessed with taxes. Tax without representation! Hashtag Puerto Rico? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jane the Virgin, everyone. It's a great show. Uh, Mike Newell. Newell? Directed the film. 2018. Released. He also directed Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Just as a fun fact there. 
Yeah, I definitely see the connections between the two. <laughs> they're, um, the, they're the same, right? Yeah. Uh, do you know what it has on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes? Do you know I didn't look, but I did I did read some of the reviews and all the reviews seem positive, so I'm going to guess. Yeah, you well, guess. Okay, Please. Um, <clears throat> that's, that's why I'm asking. I want you to guess. Don't think too hard about it. It's not that interesting. No, this is, this is, this is the most important test of my life. Okay. 89%. No. Um, 81%. On, oh, on tomatoes, yeah, but also only uh, only seven point four on IMDb, so not. Even... I would say seven point four is pretty high for IMDb, though. Yeah, but I'm also saying it's not ten. God no. Yeah. Okay. Um, the like development of the film actually began in 2010, and Kate Winslet was originally considered for Juliet's. Yeah, role. I see that. You see that? Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I they're the that. same person. Mm, all I can think about now her is her and Ammonite. That's all I think about. Oh. is um, Saoirse Ronan sitting on Kate Winslet's face. Identical people. What? Lily James and Kate Winslet. Same, Same person. Pe- are they? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Do, do you think Lily James could have played Rose in the Titanic? Yeah. Okay. Lovely. Um, Mikhail- do you think the Titanic will ever be remade? I think people would be scared to touch it. Don't you think? But I also would really like it to be made more realistic. Did you see that they're finally releasing the second Avatar? Mm. Were they making a Titanic musical? Like film? I know they've done the musical. Uh, I don't know. Mm. I'm really excited to see In the Heights. Yes. Yes. Let's just talk about a bunch of other books and movies that aren't this well, this, one. this one I feel like which is such a non-event in our lives. Yes, we are fluffing and padding, we people. Are fluffing. This is what fluffing and padding, waffling, as Miss we Tracy would call it. We went from what last week we covered Cousins. Yeah. Which was just a hugely impactful book. Impactful isn't correct, right? Yeah, I wouldn't use that word. But I really again. like it. No. But you don't like it. But people, other people use it. Is it one of those words that's now been used, like, incorrectly enough that its, its meaning has changed? I just don't. Should I say, like, a, like if I want to... Formative? Well, it's just affected me. I don't know that it's formed anything. Affected is better than impactful to me. I guess it... What If I was to describe it... No, we're talking about a completely different book now. I, it made me very reflective and very mm. introspective. That's what it made me think of, and I really enjoyed it. Well, then use those words because that's what you mean. I do you know it's so bizarre that I frequently use words that don't articulate what I mean when I could use the exact words, but I don't. Mm. 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 Um, Michael uh, Huseman played Dorsey Adams. That man, to me, as a non binary lesbian white woman, when I imagine what straight white woman wanting a man that is what I think that it, he looks like like that oh. beautiful soft spoken but um like brown haired sentimental well like emotionally like reserved but still like you can see the pain in his eyes <laughs> kind of like dark haired bearded man yes. is that what women want I don't, I, don't, tune in. I don't know why I'm asking you but as you, as you look at your blue-eyed, blonde-haired wife. Yeah. Mm, mm. <laughs> that's just what I... That's something that I thought I of. I do love an androgynous woman with a vagina. You're just describing me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jessica, I would say that it's typically my type. Thank you, darling. You're also my type. Jessica Brown Finley played Elizabeth McKenna. McKenna. 
she's a very beautiful woman. Yeah. I thought, I really liked her. Like, her, I liked the physical, like, she embodied Elizabeth to me. I thought she did a good job. I thought it was beautifully cast. Yeah. Can I say, though? Of course you can. That's the whole point. When I started reading the book, Mm. I 100% thought Dorsey Adams was, like, 60. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) It wasn't until... Like, there was even the hint of the romance. Do we even know? 50% of the way through the book, I was saying, oh. Do we even not know that he's 60? Like, he could just be really old. Because we know for a fact that Juliet is 32. Yeah. We don't know how old Dorsey is. Mm. He might have mentioned the year that he was born, Mm. but I don't remember. But the audiobook makes Dorsey, like, I was like, this is an old man. Yeah. Like, this is my dad's age. Yeah. Someone in your 60s. Yeah. And so when they had that romantic thing come up later, I was like, Oh, what? he's youngin. Yeah, okay. he's he's just and okay. because he does get described younger throughout the book. Like he starts talking about like why he's so quiet and how he used to have a stutter and how the book club really helped him. It sounds so like lame when you call it a book club, but that's exactly what it was. It was a book club. It's a literary society, dear. It's a book club. It's a literary society. They only read books of literature. It's a book club. <laughs> Literary society. <laughs> it's a book club Literary. founded founded on the murder of a pig. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know? Okay, you know how people are always like to vegans. Hey, if your your hair looks really nice like that, if you were stranded on a desert island, would you like murder an animal? If you were in wartime, like German invaded, so, like world society times, w- like would you not be vegan? Like what what would you do? Like obviously, I don't know if there were vegans back then. Well, I'm, I'm, they, wouldn't they have been called like hippies and like Earth people? Maybe. Maybe, but no, I'm asking you if you would have been, if you were you now, which wouldn't be, which wouldn't make any sense because you would have been raised in completely different circumstances. But if you were you now, would you like kill the pig? They they have this kind of debate in um, Lord of the Flies, don't they, about murdering a pig? Or like an animal. Probably. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because in the book, it's described like Dorsey has to come and be the one to kill the pig because pigs trust Dorsey and so he's able to sneak up and like betray that trust and slit their throats without them making noise to alert the Nazi soldiers. What a bizarre thing to be a good trait for someone. Yeah, what a bizarre thing to know about a person. Yeah. He's just the kind of guy you need. To literally slit your throat when you think you can trust I feel you like that would work for you. What like, do you mean? Because animals trust you. So you could be the one to kill the pig. Do you know what's weird? You're Dorothy Adams. I'm what women want? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. When women close their eyes, they see an androgynous lesbian looking at them. Um, yeah, they do. Mm. What I find really interesting, right? Animals, especially dogs, really just like connect with me but when I meet children for the first time like and this sounds weird but like they don't like me the way that animals do and I know children are different but I've seen like you and my brother like really just connect with children like what can the child tell that I'm like I'm like I really want them to like me like is it like are they like this chick is like too desperate for friends like is that you know what do you what do you think it is (laughs) your glasses my glasses yeah Looks strange. They they're bifocal phobes. Mm. Bifocals. They make you seem less trustworthy. I'm still <laughs> that chick is blind. She isn't gonna be able to hand me things. I'm still going through the castless. 
Jessica, oh yeah, got that one. Uh, Matthew Goody played Sidney Stark. He's a... He's he, fine. All the casting was fine. All the casting was fine. I like him in Imagine Me and You. Hmm. He's in that guy. Uh, Penelope Wilton um, played Amelia. Catherine Parkinson. Yep. Uh, Isola Pribby. She always plays those kind of funny... Isola like, Pribby. Yeah, Isola. She always plays those kind of like... like women who are kind of away with the fairies characters. Hmm. Um, Glenn Powell played the annoying Mark Reynolds. What do you mm. think? Of- he was significantly less annoying in the film. That was like the one thing I was like. He was even more obnoxious in the book. Yeah. Like, and they also made their relationship seem much more genuine at the beginning of the film. And she actually gets engaged to him. In the book, she never says yes to him. Yeah, they basically conflate the two characters because in the, the opening few letters talks about another woman that Juliet, another man that Juliet like got engaged to, and then yeah, so they out of. so they just merge that all together. Yeah. Oh, yes, the one who, like, packs all her books away and, oh, it would have been such a funny thing if I'd let him do it because they would have survived in the cellar. Yeah. But then they're gone. Yeah. I really like the opening shot of the movie where she's real distressed. Like, but what they imply in the film, it happens three times. Each time she walks through a doorway, she gets a distressing, like, flashback. I'm like, you walk through many doorways a day. Are you telling me that every time you walk through a doorway, like, you have this kind of post-traumatic stress response it was just when she opens the door i don't know and then it just goes away halfway through the film mm, it just stops happening yeah. yeah that's interesting um yeah great oh fun little fact kit connor played eli ramsey and florence Keane played kit mckinnon and i just thought it was funny that they had another child called kit and it was a boy but kit in the film in the book is a girl mm. and it's elizabeth's daughter mm. and that's um yeah, I got all the things. Yep, set in 1946. Budget, sorry, box office. Cumulative gross worldwide, $23 million. The film is on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. How would you rate the film as an adaptation of the book? Um, five and a half. Cool. What about you? What's the score of indifference? Five. Sure. Isn't isn't that isn't that kind of the definition of indifference? Is like the neutral middle ground. Yeah. Why are you indifferent to the adaptation? Like obviously you're indifferent to both things. I'm indifferent to the book, and you're not upset by the betrayal. I feel like a five is fine because there were always going to have to be significant changes for it to work as a film coming from an epistolary novel. Epistolary. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you so indifferent? Oh, is it mainly because nothing happens? Yeah, I just don't care. (laughs) (laughs) What Um, do you think of all the pretty landscapes that she describes and stuff? Because you've been very into the ocean in Kaikoura at the moment. I definitely, here's what I understand. Yeah, lay it on us. I definitely understand feeling connected to a small town. Sure. Um, I can see why that connection and community would seem so important after the war. Yeah. After the war, I went back to New York. After the war, I went back to New York. Yep. Um, We're really into Lin-Manuel Miranda tonight. Yeah. I... They changed a lot. So some they of the did things change they changed, they got rid of Remy's character. 
Yeah. Um, they made their relation, her and Mark's relationship. It's not that she wasn't interested in Mark. It's that she wasn't sure about Mark. She, I don't. I never felt like she was all romantic and floppy about him. I felt like she enjoyed no, the attention, yeah. but in the film, she's all like, "Oh, I'm all in a tizzy." Yeah, I agree. I think they made her more romantically inclined. Yeah. And I think in reality, she was just trying to figure out what to do with herself after the war. Yeah. And she also, I feel like in the book, she was quite pragmatic. And she got excited about going to Guernsey and getting, you know, writing a new novel. Yeah. And in the film, the relationship is completely different. And she goes much sooner on like a whim. Like, she's only gotten the letter from Dorsey in the film when she goes and... But that makes sense, because how is the film going to work? Think think about 45 minutes, because that's, that's the minimum amount of time you could do to convey some of the stories. Think about 45 minutes of just hearing people read letters out loud. No, it would be more like she would get them and then we would see the stories of them back in Guernsey. Like... I totally get what you're saying about how it's boring, but I really like the idea of her going and everyone being, like, so excited to meet her, and, like, rather than her going there and being treated like she's being ostracized, and she's, like... But it's not realistic. You think the movie's more realistic? A hundred percent. I don't know. I would... I don't know. It's... Well, okay. So is it almost like the book is written in a different reality where people interact differently? Yes, there were people who actually wrote that. Like, British people who read the book and were like, this is not what British society was like in the 1940s. No? Yeah. Okay. That was in some of the reviews on Goodreads. Mm. Which makes sense. It's almost like... Because, you know, this kind of trope happens in a lot of, like, children fantasy novels. And also... Where children meet other friends and they're like, yeah, I'll help you out. I'll come on this journey with you, even though in real life it would be life-threatening. It's like at Love and Monsters, right? Like, we expected them to be... um, Like double-crossers. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they weren't. No. But it makes more sense if they are. And actually, I think that Amelia Morgery's reaction and concern over Kit and Kit's status as a half-German was probably not misplaced. Mm. And that makes a lot of sense. I think there was... I'm fairly confident there was a fair bit of resentment towards Germans and their offspring post-World War II in Europe. Of course. Of course. Outside of Germany. I'm not sure exactly how long it took. Because I know, obviously, Germany now is a huge, like, um, economic um, performer and developer and trader in the global market. I'm actually not sure at all how Germany has been um, handling the pandemic. Um, but I, you know, I'm very much aware that they um, are a part of um, the functioning of the planet. Like, I, I, don't think, yeah. I don't think they've been kept out of anything anymore. I'm not sure when that changed. Um, but I... After the fall of the Berlin Wall, <laughs> and they decided to get their act together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. One of the things that they did so well after the fall of the Berlin Wall was um, absorbing East Berlin into West Berlin and just treating them like fully-fledged citizens right away. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I've been to Germany, and it is a clean and... um, and It's a place of lovely bread. (laughs) And um, really good public transport, very narrow roads... Um, I would say the people are neutral. I wouldn't say they were, you know, the most hospitable, but I wouldn't say they were cold at all. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful country. I went, um, sledding there. Okay. I what would does s- this have to do with the book? I'm just, I feel like I would made, made Germany sound bad. 
and now I feel bad. But I just have, but I do have one more thing that I found it so bizarre the way that like advertising for cigarettes and stuff was still very much like smoking is sexy. And I I found that still, I was like, Ooh, it's like going back in time. But I, I just needed to put that out there that like I've been to Germany and it's, it was a lovely place. Great. I felt bad, so I had okay. to, yeah. That's all that was. Yeah. Good. Other countries have also done bad things. Yes. Yeah. Great. Okay. Good. Good. My brother told me the other day, he's like, are you, like, asking me if I've you've offended me and I haven't told you and you're apologizing because you assume that you've offended me? And I was like, yes. And he's like, you don't have to do that. Like, and I'm like, I just, I don't want to upset you unintentionally. No. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I just, I think that it's unrealistic for all of the things to have happened in the book the way that they happened and have only one person really be opposed to the situation. And it be the religious person. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay. So you preferred the film then? Think about how many people you know, how many of them would feel, like, pick ten, the ten people we see the most frequently, how many out of those ten people would be comfortable with having intimate details of a traumatic experience published in a book with their real names. Oh, probably none. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I would say this. This is actually funny because this is, this is unintentional. But I had some German friends visit. Mm-hmm. And they were so... But also this is true of Americans. Like, some Americans... I guess I'm just saying this about people. Some people are very friendly, though. Yes. Like, they're, but like, really. But their entire society? Yeah, no, for sure. But maybe are they saying that all these people who joined the book group, but it's because they were those social people, and so therefore it's more likely that they would be comfortable opening up to Julia and sending the letters. So these people who had limited access to a few, of, albeit probably some of the greatest works of fiction and uh, nonfiction of their time and previous times magically were able to deal with what would take a normal person several decades of therapy to help them cope with. I mean, if you push something deep enough, isn't that how you cope? No, that's, but I'm not, so I'm not, that was a joke. I'm like, not saying do that. Don't look, do that. The book is fine. It is pleasant. It is easy to read. It is well written. The characters are nice. They are charming. The book is charming. The movie is charming. It's well cast. It's well charming. Um, they're beautiful scenery. It's mm. beautiful. All the people are beautiful in the book and in the film. Yeah, they're all it's attractive. It's beautiful people. It's a beautiful film. It's a heartwarming, you know, heart-melting story. But it's not realistic. No. And I just don't have... I would much rather find the bittersweet beauty of an ending like Cousins mm. that is much harder thought mm-hmm. and not perfect and real because life isn't if you go through life trying to look for storylines like Guernsey you're never going to be fine you're never going to find them and you're always going to it doesn't see you up for reality that's yeah. for sure like I think that's why I like the book because it's the way I thought life was like five years ago mm. but I've obviously learned that it's not and it's almost like a bit sad that it's not like it's a bit bleak there are some parts of the book that I feel like are good like I really enjoyed that they talked about the boredom of the war. I'm sure that boredom was quite a significant issue for a lot of people. Mm, And loneliness. And loneliness. Yeah. And famine. Which isn't like, you know, when you think of war, 
you don't think of those as being real problems but of course that would have been it like isolation like absolutely time to kill um yeah 100 percent. i also particularly liked and i listened to it probably three times amelia morgury's letter about death um Mm. Which comes after um, Juliet's, which is about like how the war just seems to go on and on. Oh yeah, because her son and her husband have yeah, both and she's died. Like, I don't think the war goes on. I don't think life goes on. I think death goes on. He, you know, Ooh, my son yeah. will be dead tomorrow and the next day and the week after that. Yeah. And well, I'm... death is permanent, but life is finite, right? Yeah. I'm so deep. Um. <clears throat> <laughs> you didn't see what I just kind of looked at Maddie going like, mm, "Are you deep? Or are you like piggybacking off of what the book said?" I thought for me that was the strongest part of the book yeah. was that one section and the yeah. rest of it kind of skirts around deeper issues like that. Mm. Uh, and that's why I like Life After Life, Life because people kept saying it was bleak and I was like, no, it's existentialist. Mm. It is. But also in the book we get, what is the French woman's name? Who was Remy. Remy. She was in the concentration camps with Elizabeth. But what we get a lot like, there's a lot of trauma more portrayed through her character, which is why the book for me... Is... Yeah, but it's nothing compared to reading Night by Ali Wiesel. Well, I haven't read it. Well. But do you just want people to be depressed all the time? I guess... No, I think that it's more beautiful to find those sweet moments of beauty in really tragic situations. It's more realistic. It shows more strength. And it's more helpful mm. than to show this rainbow and fairies version of what was a very traumatic life-changing life-forming yeah very formative event for so many people who are still alive today mm. we i feel like we constantly still feel the effects of world war ii mm-hmm. sure um and we've been to germany together we have been to germany together could you tell that i forgot i literally was remembering the first time i was there yeah. I wasn't even remembering the time that we were there together. Like, we've had a significant war happen in our lifetime. The Iraq War? Yeah, the Iraq, uh, the Iraq-Afghan wars. Yeah. And... I feel like I hardly ever, like, I hardly ever hear anything about that. Yeah, when when things like Anzac Day, which is coming up, mm. come around, I feel like everyone is thinking about World War Two. Yeah. And even before that, we had the Vietnam War, which was quite a significant war. I don't know how much it affected New Zealand. Mm. Um... But I feel like when people think about war, they immediately go to World War Two. But we've had two wars since then. Well, we also still have more modern-day slaves than we've ever had before. Yeah. And it's just... Um, and, and that's not ragging on World War Two at all. I'm just saying, like, it's a big event. And I feel like the portrayal in Guernsey just doesn't really capture the significance of what how that war affected and shaped the world. Yeah. Sure. Um, Absolutely. How would you rate the movie, then, just by itself? I'd rate the movie higher. Probably, like... Seven. I still... Oh, no, six. Yeah, I still found it boring. Yeah. Like, I would probably also just say five and a half. I don't know why five and a half. I feel like five... I should just be harsher on if things. If I'd seen that movie when I was younger, it probably would have been one of my faves. I don't know oh, yeah. what it would have been, but the movie, yeah. Yeah. All I see now when I watch that, um, I just done a, a workshop on race and racism in Aotearoa, and, like, watching this movie, I was just like, Fuck. Like, everyone in this fucking movie is just white as fuck. Mm-hmm. And there's one... I, I remember seeing one black guy, and it's when Mark and Juliet are in this beautiful restaurant somewhere on, and he there is a um, black waiter. And I'm like, that's the black guy that I see. 
Yeah. Um, and I was like, fuck. I just, I see racism everywhere now. Yeah. I, so I thought the film tried to improve upon, and I also thought the film tried to give it a central theme. I, here's some other... Well, they definitely streamlined it. That's what films do, right? Yeah. But it's, I think it tried to specifically give it a central theme, which was about um, how, like, it was about humanizing German soldiers and Germans in general, and, like, pointing out that they were also also victims of the war. Mm. Um, not all of them, but some of them were. Sure. I think in life, there are often very few winners and very many people who were made to do other people's work and other people's suffering. Yeah. Um... Uh, one of the reviews I read on Goodreads was just said, like, it touches on a whole lot of issues like war, poverty, famine, um, mental health, homosexuality. Does it? Love. What? Does it touch on mental health and homosexuality? Um, well, I think it does vaguely touch on, touch on mental health with Remy. Oh, it yeah. It vaguely touches on homosexuality because they do talk about the fact that... There's a gay. There's a gay. In the village. But that's the thing, it just, it's just, it's all cursory, it's all it's shallow. Very, yeah, absolutely, totally agree. Um, so we don't really get a deep look at everything, and also everything is fine. Yeah. Like, um, Sydney seems to have a perfectly fine life. I sort of suspected that he was homosexual, I felt like that was implied in the lo- letters to both him and the other author. Mm, the other publisher? Yeah. Yeah. Um, n- not Mark, but like... The other guy, who was, I think, an alcoholic, who was, there were a few letters written to both of them. Oh, in Guernsey? No, Sydney broke, breaks his leg, he's in Australia with someone Oh, else. yes, 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 sorry, 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 yeah. sorry, sorry, absolutely. Yeah, I remember that. Um, That's right. I thought by making the, like, I thought they did a good job of, in the film, of, like, making it more realistic, like... Who is this random person who wants to write about our lives? Mm. Why yeah. should we trust her? Yeah. Mm. I thought that was... I thought people were a little bit more awkward, a little bit more tentative in the film. Mm. And that was a little bit more reasonable. What do you think about the fact that there was a love triangle? I feel like love triangles are everywhere. Uh, I think it's a... This is the first book she ever wrote. I think it shows that Marianne Schaefer clearly has talent mm. as a writer. Yeah. Um... It's definitely better. But it feels like first book. Yeah. It's definitely better than that one that we watched that was like, she's a witch. Beautiful creatures. Beautiful creatures. Yeah. Definitely better than beautiful creatures. Um. Yeah. But what do you think? Um, this is, do, do you have any other notes? I have a random fun question. Oh, what I thought was interesting is yes. how at the end of the book, Julia is like, I just, I need to send you my chapter, Sydney. Something just doesn't feel right. And then Sydney's like, of course it doesn't. You need a central character. Your central character is Elizabeth, um, obviously. And that's, I thought that was interesting because what would have made it... Mm. I I felt like it was interesting, but it also seemed weird because the central character in... um, Like, people keep saying the central character is Elizabeth, but it's really Juliet. Mm Mm-hmm. Juliet's a central character. In the novel. Yeah. And it, it it made the epistolary sense of the novel not make sense. Right. Yeah. Because everyone was corresponding with Juliet. Yeah. But the novel that Juliet was writing was about Elizabeth. Yeah, and Elizabeth was at the centre. So what do you think 
should have been the centre of of Juliet's novel. I just don't think that... I, I, I don't think any revelation on that, that particular point, that particular little conflict mm. and its resolution added anything to the story. There were lots of bits that were like, that didn't need to happen. Like like you were saying, the whole thing with the Oscar Wilde letters, like they came in and nothing changed and yeah. it just happened. Like there were, yeah, there were so many bits like that. What, I, what did you think about the fact that Juliet just comes to Guernsey and then all of a sudden she's taking care of Kit all the time and then she wants to adopt her? Like, who are these people just giving a child to Juliet? It does It, it does seem strange. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't. Like, they already seem to have, like, a system where everybody takes part of it and they were um, mm. writing letters what is that? Corresponding. Corresponding. I got you. With Juliet for quite a number of months. So in some ways, I'm sure it felt like they knew each other quite well. Sure. Um, and, and Juliet's literally like a perfect person. She's kind. She's giving. She's generous. She's feminist. She's so intelligent. Yeah. She's beautiful. Yeah. But she doesn't know it. Yeah. Classic. So it's just... The only thing that we ever like find a bit, I guess like a bit of the, the only dig that's ever thrown is she says her hair doesn't really do anything it's, it wasn't windy that day it just never sits right yeah that's, like the, that's, her, the, her, that's the greatest criticism of her her only hair. quality that's a fault is a physical one and it's her having curly hair yeah well my 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 inside tip for you Juliet as someone who also has curly hair just cut it off <laughs> it's very efficient okay so the director also directed Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire how do you think that came up in this film? Do you think it showed in anything? Do you think they relate to each other in any way? I I enjoyed a lot of the framing in the film. I thought um, the framing of camera angles was quite good a lot. Do you know? Yep. Do you know what would be similar? Is those big wide shots over like um, landscape expanses? Yeah. Both films have that a lot. Yeah. Like, look at the beautiful British land. But I, yeah, frankly, I'm just kind of glad this is over. Mm. So Lily James stars in the new remake of Rebecca. Yeah. Fascinating. And what's that guy's name? Something Hammer? Army Hammer, who's recently come under fire. Yeah. Interesting. It is interesting. Because we're going to cover that for our next episode, is that right? Yes. Lovely. We've done pretty well. I don't know if I have anything else to say. That's what I'm saying. I mean, we still fluffed it out pretty well. I've got it. Play it. I've got it. Let's hear it. What was the director's name? Mike Newell. Mike Newell. Cast. Lily James. Because those are the names of Harry Potter's parents. Boom! You got it. That's the connection. Yeah, you got it. That's it. That's it. That's it. I mean, I'm convinced. I'm definitely the first person who's, like, pointed that out yep. in the world. I mean, brilliant. Yeah. You you should make the next movie. The buzzer's gone off. Ding, ding. Gold star to you. Conf- I confetti. the game-winning point. Yeah, confetti everywhere. Lotto ticket. Lotto ticket. <laughs> Revent, remake, retire. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Retire! retire. Oh, shock. Horror. I should have so- never made it to a film. It shouldn't really have been written. Who cares about the book? Anyway, Rebecca, we're covering for next week. We're going to try something a little new. I've watched a bit 
of the um, Alfred Hitchcock version and I'm going to watch the new adaptation. Brie has recently read the book um, because her high school class is reading it. Because Brie's, I don't know if you know this, Brie's going to fucking become a badass teacher and save the world. But yeah. you would have read the book, watched the Alfred Hitchcock one and the new one. Um, you hated the Alfred Hitchcock one. Thank but that's going to be next week's episode. So still covering off the theme of female-led, but now just more white people. Yeah. Being all creepy. This is kind of a different extreme of the spectrum, right? These people were too nice, and these ones are going to be all weird. What we're going to do yeah, like, next week is we're going to examine this weird pronoun. gothic horror, horror romance thing. Like, Wuthering Heights, this film. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the toxic relationship. We're going to talk about women. We're going to talk about... We're going to talk about it. What a healthy relationship looks like. Oh, I like it. And it's not going to be Rebecca. No. Absolutely not. Thank you so much. I mean, it actually works out, I think, a little bit that Army Hammer is in this film because he's apparently a bit toxic and he's toxic to... Oh, he's perfect for the role. ...the narrator, which is the name of the main character that Lily James plays. She doesn't have a real name. The narrator? Yeah, just narrator. She doesn't get But name. she has a name. Doesn't she have it in the novel? No. Oh. She's just the narrator. Or... So she literally doesn't even have a name. She doesn't have a name. That's like a thing. Yeah. That's weird. No, it makes sense. I don't like it. No, but it makes sense. Fine, but I don't like it. Okay, but it makes sense. Well, you can tell us about it next week, can't you? Yeah. Great. Because it makes sense. Cool. Do you have anything else to say? It makes sense. Thank you so much for listening to Chapter 1, Take 2. Really hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah. Feel free to connect with us on social media. We have yeah. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. I totes use Facebook the most. Yeah. Yeah. We also have a Patreon. Yeah. And an email address. Yeah. Chapter one, take two at Outlook. Out, fuck. Outlook.com. Yeah. Also, CH1TK2 for twits. Thanks. Laters! I've been Maddie. I've been Brianna and also Evan Ramsey and also Sassy Brianna tonight. What'd you say? Evan Ramsey? Evan Ramsey. That's the part of the book that I read. Oh, lovely. Thank you so much. We'll see, you, see you next time. Kakite ano. Oh, <laughs> no.